0: Genesis 1 verses 28 to 31 and Revelation 21 verse 5. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. This is the word of the Lord.
1: All right, good morning at LLC. It's good to be with you uh, on this uh, very special uh, Sunday service. Happy Mother's Day to all you mums out there. We're thankful uh, for you and who you are and um, the, all the ways that God has called you to serve uh, in, in, uh, in, in your lives, um, in your life. Um, so whether you're mom to a newborn or adult, ch- you have adult children and everything in between, Uh, We're thinking about you this morning. Uh, We're also thinking about you if you have uh, lost kids, um, your child in the past, or you're in that grieving season now, or you're wanting to have kids and that's been a struggle, uh, or you have strained relationships with your mom, uh, whether you're a parent, your mom, and you're having strained relationships with your kid or the other way around. uh, We're thinking about all of you, uh, because on this day, uh, it is a day God has made, and uh, we come together as a church uh, to celebrate together, but also to mourn uh, and to walk alongside uh, each other. And speaking of Mother's Day, uh, I've, we have a very special guest uh, today uh, on this uh, Mother's Day. It is my mom. Uh, hi, mom. Happy Mother's Day <laughs> to you. <laughs> uh, so, so today's a little bit of a different uh, kind of uh, sermon talk. You can kind of see it more of a conversation that I'm having with, with my mom. Uh, so I was saying, you probably saw it on my Instagram. This could go in two ways. Either it's going to be really good or it's just going to be my mom telling embarrassing stories of me and, uh, just hearing about, uh, my, 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 uh, my my history a little bit. Uh, but yeah, my, my mom, my mom, like she's been all through all the stages of motherhood. Uh, so obviously, you know, I didn't come out this way i'm <laughs> i was a, a newborn go, and my, my brother duncan newborn toddler school ages university the working age and now is an empty nester so uh, as as a mom uh she's kind of kind of seen seen it all and uh, originally this conversation was meant to be between jess and i but there was some discernment Jess actually brought up it's like hey wouldn't it be great if you spoke with your mom uh, because your mom has been through all these stages and as a, as, as a, 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 as a Christian woman as well that has experience in ministry uh, that's very uh, that'll be very fitting for us. Um, I thought I'll share this we're very proud of her because this year she's graduating from Cary Theological College uh, with a Master of Arts in Spiritual Formation. So someone always says she hasn't come from a place of education and study uh, and English being her second language. Uh, we're very proud of her for making through uh, the hoops there. Uh, just to let you know, we're going to have a Q&A period at the end, depending on the time, uh, and we're going to, our welcome team's going to put the link in the chat. It's a Google form, just so it's accessible for everyone. Uh, you can type in your question there as anonymous, and we're going to try to answer a few of them at the end, uh, if time so allows. Okay, mom. Uh, before I give you uh, the mic, uh, I'm just going to... Uh, do some more talking here uh, So, uh, Anthony just read for us from Genesis uh, 1 uh, and also Revelations 21 and and what was kind of the point of that passage well it didn't really show it as much uh, uh, through the NIV translation which we read but in the ESV you would would have noticed the the word behold uh, the word behold that comes up time and time again in the beginning God created and he said behold and see that it was very good, and all the way in Genesis, in the beginning, when there is creation, and all the way at the end, uh, where he paints this beautiful picture of God's kingdom, he says, "Behold again, uh, behold, I am making all things new." And 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 on this on this Mother's Day, I, I just want to encourage us with that uh, this morning uh, to behold, uh, to behold the things that God is doing, because last the whole all of most part well. This whole year so far, and most of last year has been quite tiring. Uh, It's been quite exhausting. We've been hearing a lot of bad news, but here on this mother's day, even though we're in this time of of waiting and pain, uh, God is still calling us uh, to behold. And this word for behold means to look and learn, to pay attention to, to gaze upon and 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 God calls us to behold because every single day He is making all things new, and He gives us moments where we're to stop and to pause and to see how beautiful God is and His creation is, and He's trying to get our attention. He's trying to catch your attention, and he's trying to uh, 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 he's trying to catch and also to hold uh, your your attention. Uh, I read an article a couple uh, weeks ago uh, by Risen Motherhood. I'm not sure if you know of the podcast and the article uh, from. It's from uh, two moms that started, it's called Risen Motherhood. And they wrote an article in a piece called Surviving Versus Beholding. And often now, I'm not sure about you, but we feel like, especially as parents, uh, that we're more surviving than we're beholding. Uh, that we're surviving through this time, surviving through the pandemic. We wake up and we're kind of trying to survive through the day until we go to bed and next day is exactly the same thing. And it's hard for us to be present in the moment uh, with our kids because just before this, I think uh, Ryan, our, our youngest, uh, just went uh, number two in her diaper and just was kind of running into the toilet, uh, into the washroom here. So like in these moments, it's, it's hard to, to behold uh, and, and to see the things that God has made, but he's calling us today. We're not called to survive, but we're called to behold and, as Christians to see what he is doing. And which is why I'm, I'm very thankful for this conversation with my mom here that having the privilege uh, of hindsight, Uh, She has perspective in seeing these moments, which I don't get a chance to see because I'm in the moment now. But a lot of these questions today is a lot of looking back and things that she's learned and things that God has taught her. Hopefully that we will be able to uh, gain some wisdom and also some insight for ourselves as well uh, this morning. Uh, So hi, mom. Is your mic working?
2: Yep. I'm (laughs) waiting for you. I'm I'm listening to you.
1: And she's done a lot of that in the past where um, it's just me ranting and talking. And then she's like, are you done? You know, like, can I can I speak now? Uh, So so I guess like thanks for for, thanks for being here. Um, uh, She she does. uh, She joined. She's joined us on the past few. No, she's joined us on Sundays before as part of a church. But she also goes to Macarius Evangelical Church, which is a church plant in New Westminster. Uh, it's the E-Free Church. Uh, so she's joining us uh, this morning. But I guess the first question um, for you is, on Mother's Day is what does it mean to be a mom? That's a pretty big and open question. Um, things that you've learned in all the years. Um, yeah. I mean, all 21 years, because my mom is.
2: <laughs> yeah, because when Tucker asked me, a mom, can you share? And I said, oh, 34 years of parenting. So how can I condense it in such a short way? And fortunately I like to remember good thing <laughs> I selective because what those moments when Douglas and Duncan may feel embarrassed, I don't really remember. Because I always always store the good thing. That is the thing in my memory as a mom. Because I fail, there's time I fail, I don't remember, but I see God's work. And being a mom, and just thank you for Roy playing earlier, talk about is a vocation. And to me, when I look back, uh, I don't want to put it as work, but it's a mission field. It's a mission. God call mom in a mission field. First of all, God start the mission. And then the mom join into into the mission field being a missionary. So we don't know how many people in the mission field. Some may have two. Like me, I have two different boys in my mission field. So how can I do God's work in the mission field? So I can't do it as a mom because female. With male, one is very active. One is a little bit quiet. I try to make them two become one, try to blend them together, try to make one is less active, one is more active. It doesn't work. So as a mom, I would put as a steward work god give it to me of course my first call is to love it's not just to discipline but to love them and then because of love that i discipline this time i was fail i'm disciplining too much and then with with, with someone we say no to me and then i know oh my discipline doesn't work and and then it's stay through the parenting through as a mom and i learned how to love them through god's love because mm. my love i may spoil them maybe I'm too harsh maybe i'm just too stubborn then i have to go back to god to ask what do god want me to do in the mission field mm. so uh as a mom i find out is um uh not what i see them sometimes i have to go down to their world to see what the world they are living because they are different they are very individual their uniqueness and if i using my eyes to see them, I find out it doesn't work because as a ma- female, I would do things totally different from them. Just think sometimes I scratch my head. Why would you do that? Just sit there, don't do anything, don't talk. <laughs> but I have a boy really like to talk. <laughs> so uh, then I find out, okay, so I need to learn to see his eyes to see it. And the other thing is like, um, I just want to bring out the, the first thing is, uh, God bless me with two very, very good boys. Very, very good. I don't think it's my work; it's God's work. And raise them up, be strong, and let them be who God called them to be, not what I want them to be. That is a mom to me. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: I, 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 what, what you were sharing in terms of, um, you know, the two become one. Uh, that's an interesting uh, illustration that <laughs> the two become one part. Like, well. How, how, what what were some examples of fitting I guess your kids or f- fitting Duncan and I into a mold like what did that look like You're saying like okay d- for the record for everyone listening here I was the active one that never sat down and just running around the house uh, and Duncan would learn because what would happen to someone that doesn't sit down <laughs> and is running around all the time uh, So so what do, how do you mean by trying to fit us into a mold or into what you thought kids should your kids should be like
2: that's a good question because because I uh, because I want you to live up my expectation. So my expectation, I have a mold about what a son should be. So when Duncan sitting too much eight hours just doing the Lego, I said Duncan, get up and move. And Duncan, can you sit down <laughs> and don't move? <laughs> and and it's really hard. Even though Tucker sit down, his fingers still moving. He sit there, but his fingers, they kind of touching here and there and there. And Duncan can sit eight hours without talking. Then, then I find out, oh, how can I blend them together? So later on, I find out Duncan's talking, his way of reacting. That is his uniqueness. Okay. So, but at the same time, I see his character and see Duncan's and Duncan's character more than just blending them because it doesn't work when the water and oil add together. It's still water and oil, still but in the same jar, but the oil and water never mix up. So finally, they then change the same personality, but I change. I change the way to accept them, who they are, because they are tired of me too. When Duck is always running, I said, don't run. And then he just say, he doesn't even know what's wrong with running. What's wrong with it, mom? And I said, yes, true, what's wrong? And for Duncan sitting eight hours, what's wrong with it too? But out of his active thing, I have something put it there to help him to sit down a little bit by he doing something interesting. So instead of just tying him on the chair, it doesn't work, he will just laughing. Because I can't, everything I'm doing, <laughs> I try to get him not to talk. He's he using his finger to talk. I, I, I try not moving his finger, using his toes to talk. Yeah, how, how, you, you can never stop him. So anyway, so I try to build in something to have a little bit of time to get him out from in, uh, so active. Like for example, get him to do something he can sit down for at least 10 minutes. So at least that 10 minutes, he can sit down, give me a quiet moment. And for Duncan, I will motivate him to do something in 10 minutes being active. That's how I, I'm thinking about the blending and then accepting, then changing the way it is. Certainly so you bring back all the memories
1: to Douglas and Duncan. Oh I, I, I'm remembering at times when I've been disciplined and uh, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, so I'll just keep laughing and I think that made you definitely more upset, uh, which made it more funny for me. <laughs> so I was that definitely that 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 difficult child. Uh, yeah oil and water, I was definitely bringing fire. I uh, that, that was what that was what was going on. Uh, in our conversation before, cause we have some prep questions here. Uh, mm. and I remember you bringing up how you had a moment when you're walking downtown and then you saw, uh, and there's nothing wrong with people downtown and, <laughs> and, you know, going to work and all that kind of stuff just to, yeah. um, put that out there. But you, you said you thought about us, uh, your kids, when you saw a, another young man walking downtown, Do you want to share yeah. a little bit about that.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I think all the parents, uh, some of you guys may, may be just still single, but your parents too, okay? They all have expectation on their children. Uh, my expectation is very low. I don't expect them to be any famous guy, being anything significant. But my expectation, first of all, has to be like uh, living at home with love and caring and harmony and no fighting. And they are my proud kids for the whole time. Never fights, No fighting at all. No arguing you'll be sometimes maybe Duncan very submissive to Douglas and Douglas care for his brother. So so when I say blend, they blend. They blend in their own way. When I try to blend them, it doesn't work, but they blend in their own way. Um, When I talk about the young guy in downtown, Douglas that time graduated from SFU and through all the years of his studies, he never really studied. He said, mom, I'm smart. I don't need study. I can get a good grade. What can you say as a mom, when you know he's not? <laughs> he's, he, all the time, he said, I said, Doc, did you finish your study? You have exam tomorrow. I'm done. I said, Oh, 10 minutes. He said, Mom, I don't need it. I, I'm smart. I said, Okay, but he got good grade back home. <laughs> anyway, so after he finishes SFU and I didn't expect him to be, you know, geography or any professional, but. Raising him for so many years, finally he finished his graduate. He even called me SFU, uh, uh, you know, the shirt, because I, Mom, I get into SFU, I finished your dream. So he came here, huh? I still have it. And then um, he finished, and then uh, he turned for a job, and then he interviewed in downtown. I went there to talk to him and the interview. Anyway. So one day I worked like downtown, I rushed to work and then I was just always looking down, trying to rush to my, my workplace. I saw a guy, you know, walking on the other side, came to me. I just looked down, I saw the, you know, the shoes and then the foot, the leg. Oh, really like Douglas. And I look up and there is a handsome guy. You guys all recognize, okay. Handsome young guy with a shirt and then with a with a briefcase and carry all the roles and I think he must be an architect and walking, you know, just on the opposite side. I look at him, I said, Oh, that is my dream son. My son should be like him handsome and then holding all the professional thing and walking downtown would it be my dream <laughs> but at the same time that moment mm-hmm. because he was called to go to full-time ministry i fully support him but at the same time i still have that thing in my mind and that guy reminded me all of a sudden a voice I, I always say i i don't tell people just talking to me but i don't think i make up the story a voice saying you think your son can be like that today without me that is your dream do you know what is God's dream. I look at that guy. I said, "Oh, that is my dream. God has a God has a calling for him to do things." And then even my dream, God said, "Don't dream of that dream because your dream is with mm. my dream." So anyway, so that is the story. And then I totally like seeing God using him. Happy. I mean, that picture is still there, but he still fit into that picture, but in God's picture now. <laughs> mm. Well,
1: it's true, like no matter whether we're parents or not, I think we all have our own paradigms of how we think the world should work. And it happens with us as parents of how we think the kids should be as well. So as you share that story, um, yeah, I, I think like those are God moments where it reminds us that uh, the world is his and our children are his. And um, we're, we're to come alongside with God and what plans he has. And so I guess looking back then, like, what's one thing you're glad you did with your children? Uh, Is there anything you regret being overly concerned about? Uh, Maybe it was my studying, uh, (laughs) or, or, you know, what are things you've learned from being a mom and a parent for, for all all these years? Uh,
2: When you say one thing, I think it's many things, but I can connect them into one one thing. I like to connect things. Uh, I think one thing is good is, um, uh, I put it there is, uh, so after I came to faith, so I brought the two children to church. Duncan ha- never had any issue. He sat next to me, and even though he closed his eyes, sleeping or not, but Douglas cannot sit in the sermon. He's, he's just moving, can't sit. But I said, Doug, you still have to go. He said, Mom, two hours, very boring. I said, I'm not going to compromise. You can do anything after church, but you have to go to church. And that's one thing I did is like, I insisted. Sunday has to go to church and then they have small group they have fellowship they have to go and one good thing that is like uh, I insisted is even though my time sometimes doesn't work children are very smart they know your schedule they find the time mom you're busy that time maybe I shouldn't go I said no I can change my schedule but you still have to go so yeah so I I I I took them to church like when I drop because Douglas and Duncan for age are di- uh, uh, different, so that age group like small group is different. So when I drop off Douglas and then I will have a personal time with Duncan. So it's mom one on one to them because as a single mom for them it's always two with me they never really have a time just with me. So when I drop off Dunk, Douglas, I will have time in the car and talking to Duncan. Or sometimes when I drop off Duncan, I have a time with Douglas sitting in the car. So that is the thing I'm doing. I try to separate like, uh, yes, I'm their mom, but I want to be a mom to each one of them. That's that's one thing I did. So I sent them to church. And then and then the other thing uh, really um, helpful for me that time is uh, what they're doing in church. Sometimes when you come back, what what what's the pastor teaching you? That's good thing. What is a good thing? That's good. That's all. I've got nothing. I don't even know what they're doing in, in their group. I cannot standing outside and watching them. So, um, of course, through prayer and see God, what do you want me to do? Like, cause the kids, kids bring up. So one thing I did is, uh, the devotion. So I set up a time. I said, kiss, mom, have a meeting. So they sat there boring, and sitting mom. And then Duncan really worried about. I'm going to discipline him. But for Duncan says, "Mom, how long is going to be?" So, <laughs> so I said, "Sit there. We have a we have a family meeting." I said, "We're going to set up every week Tuesday night. We're going to have a, a devotion family devotion. They are ah, boring.'" And <laughs> and then I said, "No, we have to do it." So on on Tuesday night, and then the first two time, I have to yield to them, "Come, time, seven, come!" Nobody show up. I sleep there, <laughs> and then they came, and then we have the devotion. Basically, is not just I try to integrate the Bible teaching in their daily life in school, and then when they come back from school, they never tell me what's going on in school. So, so I say, what did you learn today? Something. I don't even know what is the something. So anyway, so to, through the devotion, it will be a story, talking about young people's story then stimulate them then both of them laughing at that story and say i wouldn't even do that in school i would do this and then they started to take out their school life what happened like oh today my friend da, da, da. then i know what they're going on so just listen that one thing and then they on and then with the bible teaching and then pray for them so after couple months and one Tuesday night I was busy. I still remember. I was busy, I was behind it. Two both sat at the table and waiting for me. Mom, time for devotion. Come. You see that is the thing I like to see it through that you know, I don't know I don't think it's a long time, maybe a year or so. So it really setting example for them a family devotion. And and I think that is the thing um Good thing I did. And then the other good thing is, um, seeing them different individual and then how to encouraging them. And what is the second question when I'm talking to my second question is what's one thing I want? <laughs> I'm concerned. Is, is, is there uh, concerned. Uh, the
1: Other part of the question is, is there anything you regret being overly concerned about?
2: yeah yeah overly concern is uh i think most of the time i want them to fit into my expectation and i try yeah. to uh, yeah try to you know fit them there so um then what one thing is you if i'm going to be like uh concerned about is, yes, um not to expect them to be the way i want and one thing is uh i regret too is yes, my kids growing up too fast because one day when douglas was age i think it's eight Ten, and then he got up and said, "Oh, Douglas is so tall." And then he said, "Mom, I'm growing. I can't wait for you." I said, "Oh, see, oh, they will grow up." <laughs> so I, 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 you know, that is the thing. Maybe my concern, uh, t- two concern is, I want to keep them young, but they mm. growing up. Mm.
1: I, I remember those family devotion times. Uh, the first couple, I definitely didn't take it very seriously. Uh, I remember us going through the Psalms. I've told the story before, maybe. And at the end of the Psalms, there's the Selah which is like to pause, but I read it as "seila," like in Chinese, which means like, like I'm dead, you know, that, that, that kind of time, like that kind of understanding. And I just burst it out into laughter. And then my mom, yeah, she wasn't very pleased with that. Uh, and so, uh, I guess my next question for you is how we're talking about beholding and about the busyness of life and how we're more surviving than beholding as parents and you being a single mom, Uh, how did you grow your spiritual life as a mom? Like, how did you take time for that when you had two kids at home and you're a single parent, uh, how do you find time to read scripture, to pray, to fellowship, to take care of yourself spiritually?
2: Good question. I think, I think my children brought me there because of them. I thought I'm going to learn something. So I'm going to bring it home to discipline them. Maybe I, I bring some some biblical truth so I can discipline them. But God speaking to me through this biblical truth. I was a mom, so I think uh, my my time for Bible study, like for sure the church, uh, they have a fellowship and Bible study. I always fit in the time, so so we will have I will have something for them, and then I'll do the study. So the study never stopped. And the first day when I uh, became a a, a, a Christian. And then um, for uh, the prayer, we have prayer group too. So those things, mm. I think, not just because Doug is a pastor. I have a very good pastor shepherding me at times. He knows my need, always come to me and, and see how I grow with my faith. I think with, with my pastor, always walking with me, encouraging me, is one of the ways I can stick on with my faith. When a pastor is really, I can open up. And share, and then he pray, and then he was ha- always happy for me to see the kids. So that is a support, uh, encouraging me to move on with my my spiritual growth.
1: Hmm. Well, a few minutes left, but I think we'll keep going. Uh, <laughs> I, I think this was also one of the questions in the Q and A that uh, someone someone wrote in uh, that we read beforehand. But the question of honor, like how do we honor our parents? Uh, honoring our mothers specifically on, on today, I, I guess before I answer it from, I guess the kid's angle, uh, for, as a mother, what does it look like to receive honor for you? Like, what does honoring look like for you? Like, how do you know when your kids are honoring you or how did you honor your, uh, your parents, which is a different generation altogether, which is my grandparents, right? Yeah. I
2: think honoring for, for how to honoring, uh, uh your parents, um, one thing you accept your parents too, because we accept our children who they are, we accept our parents, they are not perfect, no parents perfect. So you honor them because you know, out of the imperfection, they love you. Hmm. They love the way may not be the one you the, the way you want, but I do believe like as a mom too, why Because Bruce bring up, why, why father's day, your mother's day is so important than father's day, because mom is kind of like a, a, when they have children is they got take out one flesh from their body. Hmm. The flesh is with the children. So at the attachment, you will never imagine how, how attached the mom. I always telling doctors, I said, you can go away very far from me, but don't, we, don't, for, don't forget the court when, when we first connected, God put you in my womb from the first moment when I conceived. I'm the first person to have relationship with you. Mm-hmm. I will let you go because you have your family, you will have your friend, you will have your, your life. But the first moment, the person knows you is me other than God. So that's why we honor our parents by knowing no matter what, how failed they are, Um, either, uh, parents make mistakes too. And when they make mistakes, I think uh, it's both sides. Both sides is by embracing each other um take your take 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 like my mom very difficult to me too but at the same time is i take out as no matter what is my mom i should honor her by loving her it's not easy but god put us in in a role it yeah.
1: I, I was thinking about uh um having two kids now my, my, myself and seeing the birthing process uh I know it's kind of humorous, but I was thinking, you know, I'm not sure, well, I'm not sure mommy if you know, but the, but the song in Mulan, I'll make a man out of, out of you. Uh, there's nothing that makes a man out of a man when you see the birthing process of what a woman goes through. Uh, and you're like, that is nothing that I've ever endured. Um, but answering from a kid, kid's perspective of honoring uh, a mothers, I did. I guess I am coming from a little bit more... Uh, it's interesting in the 10 commandments where it says honor your father and mother, uh, that word for honor is, uh, kbed, which, which means with the root word meaning give weight. So uh, which is, I think in line with what, with what you're saying is that the way that we honor our parents and the way that we honor and you honor your, your parents and my, my grandparents is to give weight to who they are. And we can't really give weight unless we, uh, accept them for who they are as well. Um, and of course there's disagreements, there's generational differences and there's challenges there, but giving weight and, uh, means giving honor that we, we listen and we respect, uh, and we, um, understand that each generation has something to give. And that's how we, we honor uh, the generation above. Like, I think the worst is like when, when you were talking to me and when I was a, a tween and a, and a teen and I just brushed it off entirely, like that's not honoring because it wasn't giving weight to what was being said. Uh, whether I agree with it, that's one thing, but you're still able to give weight while disagreeing, I think. I think that, that, that's a possibility. Uh, before we answer questions, uh, I have one last question for you is what are some things you would want to say to mums who are feeling discouraged right now? And that's a very big can of worms, a very big question. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. yeah. I think uh, to me personally, when I feel very discouraged because I want to be a perfect mom, when I'm not perfect, I feel very discouraged. But at the same time, it's when I find out I'm not perfect, I, I will never be perfect. Um, I I would like to encourage the uh, parents, like if you do have a relationship problem with your children, I think the first thing is try to build a relationship back by accepting your, your children. It doesn't matter who they are. Maybe, maybe I, I think the most thing is we want them home is always mom is always there for you don't don't push them away don't push them away because they they, they have to find someone to attach so when we pushing them away they attach to something maybe sometimes you don't know whether whether who are they attaching and then uh, for encouraging is like uh, we learning at the same time and if we raise our voice maybe say something wrong say sorry if you say some some disagreement it's not a sorry about you saying anything wrong say sorry maybe your tone Say sorry, maybe the miscommunication, make your children feel bad and try to embracing them back with love. Uh, that's how you uh, 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 I try to encourage parents. And then because uh, love language is always good. And I, I, I like to that way too, when I feel discouraged that time. And I will ask each one. I said, Oh, do you have time? I make an appointment. I make a dating appointment with them. I don't ask them. I want to talk to you now. All gone. Douglas said, I don't have time. Duckers never have time. And I said, I'm busy in studying, always hiding in the room and studying. So how can I get them time? So I would just say, okay, I give them time, give them space. Say, oh, if you want to restore relationship, when you will have time so I can go out for coffee with you. Just, just casual, don't make it so serious. I don't think, if your kids say, I don't have time, so when you have time, let me know, I'm always available. Not pushing you, but just want to spend time with you then make the time to to go to start from scratch again and don't remember the bad thing don't bring in the bad thing because the bad thing with damage always bring in the joyful moment try to bring back the joyful moment to rebuild the relationship maybe it helps
1: thanks mom
2: uh, we're we're going to
1: move into a few of the Q&A questions uh, that are being sent out to us. Uh, so we haven't seen these questions before, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the first question I wanted to ask, I guess, is for you mainly. Uh, I'll read it uh, for us. Uh, what's your advice to prevent unintentionally bringing generational trauma as a parent? You're so kind, uh, strong and kind. would love to hear more about your testimony. Yeah. So, so I guess the question is, how, uh, how do you make sure you don't bring, we don't bring all your hurts and pains with you and the generation above you and what you experienced as a kid, uh, into, and repeating that as a family, um, into the next generation.
2: So talking as a mom, okay. When the question asks me as a mom, don't bring, try not to bring in those packages into the relationship with the children. First of all, um, we want to build up our kids. What is good for them if, if, if the culture or baggage you think is good, you think it's good, but is that good for them? Uh, the first thing I learned is all you here are ca- uh, born Canadian, uh, Asian-born Canadian. I cannot bring in my Chinese way. Like if you understand Chinese ta, you know how you serve your mom with a cup of tea. Mom, there's a cup of tea. You'll be honored. Those things doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> I don't bring in those things because well, most important, thing, their character are more important than the traditional culture. That's a good thing from the traditional culture, like respect. We don't see, but but I think the, I think I can still fit in the, the the traditional culture in different time. When they were young, they still living in the Chinese culture, and Chinese culture is more obedience, respect, listen. When they a you know before age of five when they go a little older because they go to school it's a Canadian culture this a, is the a English you know, school teaching them in the other way when they come back home that they, they started with different culture and that time parents have to change Change the way is see the Canadian culture take the good Canadian culture out to communicate with them. Then gradually when they're getting up older and the Canadian culture Chinese culture is always controlling. You always belong to me. I would never let you go. I'm so sorry until the day you die. Because when you, the first day you conceive, I'm going to burden for 100 years. That's what the Chinese said. Those does not work. I would change, I would encourage the traditional parents, still changing it, but change the, um, the role as the first uh, five years become like a, a parents. Definitely, you have to discipline, teach them, and then later on change, be a, a coach to walk with them, coaching them. And then when they get into teenager, be a mentor to them, be a mentor to them. And then when they get older, you, you you become like listening to them and then see their world and then try to see, they will ask you, what do you see in your perspective? Because they, they, we Chinese always say we eat, we, we have salt more than you have rice. <laughs> we have we we eat salt more than you eat right so that's why you always come to the aging parents but at the same time you guys as parents you i have to accept one thing i like to talk to young people because you see the world bigger than me now in my age we own we don't have internet our world is very small so i like to talk to young people because you bring in new insight for me as a parent maybe that's the way i try to communicate with your parents say gradually make them see
1: the world bigger <laughs> I think I think I try to eat uh, less salt uh, <laughs> maybe a little <laughs> bit more rice I'm not, I'm not sure which one's worse for me <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah I, I think the generational patterns is very uh, prevalent and very um, we can pass it on very and, and intentionally. I like what you said about how the first few years, like five or six, whatever, like you're disciplining. And then as you move, your role as a mom changes into a mentor, uh, into a coach, uh, into uh, different phases. And earlier, just before this, we have a community learning class and we talked about uh, old wineskins and new wineskins and changing our paradigms in the ways that God's moving. That's what it reminded me of, of as we're shifting that our, our role as a parent doesn't stay the same as when my son Cohen at six years old. I don't parent him the same when he's six when he's like five months <laughs> and when Ryan's two years, like it all it shifts and we are adapting and changing uh, with, our, with our kids. Uh, I think I have time for one more question. Uh, and the question is, in the moments you felt an overwhelming sense of not being enough, so not being enough as a mother, uh, what truths were of encouragement to you? So when the moments where you're feeling like uh, you're struggling being a mom or you felt like you could have been better, like what, maybe biblical truths? that's how I'm kind of reading this, uh, reminded you of who you are and who God has called you to be.
2: Yeah, I think the first thing I would think about: nobody going to be perfect. Nobody will be always feel in love. You know why? Because when you feel in love, the day you die, you're always going push, pursuing. Uh, to me, is the contentment. Contentment, not to compare. When you compare with the other kids, you think about, oh, I hope them to be like that kid. When you have no no comparison, you see your children, that's who they are. Um, I, I I treasure more about relationship more than like when you ask the question about um, you feel not enough. We always make mistakes. I, I punish myself for the mistakes I made. I want to correct the mistake. I don't think the mistake, the mistakes from outside, when you internally you change, change in a way, I I would just go back to God, I, I, you know, a lot of parents, they pray for their children. But I think I'll pray for myself. I think I pray for myself, God, what do you want me to do to change? If I, you know, say otherwise, when I go to the children, when you want them to change, that's why you never feel enough, because you can't change them. You can't change them, but you change to see the way they are. They are are so different when they're so different, accept who they are. But at the same time, be sensitive. I always watching what they're doing to see bigger picture of their life. Instead of temporary moment. Maybe they're not getting there. Maybe you're still in a struggle moment. Doesn't mean in the future, you're not getting there. But if something is good, you you stay with it and change the way they deliver a message change the way. If one way doesn't work, change the other way.
1: Uh, Thanks, Mom. Um, Our our time is coming to a close here, but what you reminded me of uh, as a quote at the end when you're talking about comparison, I think the quote is, comparison kills authenticity. I think that's the quote, that when we compare what we have and what God has given us, it kills the authenticity, it kills the understanding of who God is and the beholding moment. Uh, And I think as parents, we often and I think within the Asian culture specifically, I'm speaking on like it's there's that culture of comparison, like, well, so and so's kid is doing that or so and so's family is doing that. um, Then we should be doing that. Well, what God has called us for a specific season and our each family is unique and each kid is unique. And we're to behold, uh, to behold those moments when we're with our kids uh, and with our families that God is doing something new. Yeah.
2: yeah, Yeah. I just want to add one very short one. When you say about that one, I just want to add one thing. When you talk about parents, like uh, Chinese culture, going to the younger generation, uh, to me, when I said I look at bigger picture, I look for harvest. I don't look for empty last. You understand what I'm saying? Because like, I finished my mission calling for the children. This moment of time, you, when you struggle, the struggle is you're waiting for harvest. Don't give up. And then parents like if parents kind kind of still stuck with the same thing, and then the the like I said, mom, I'm growing. The children has to move on. Don't feel guilty when your parents still the same person, because they raised them you up. But you, you have your fulfillment God's calling to you. Don't call on stuck. Keep on stucking. How can I change my my parent? Hmm.
1: Unfortunately, time is up. (laughs) I'm going to pray for us to close it. Thanks, Mama. I appreciate this conversation you have with me. And I'll see you later for a Zoom dinner. Um, So, uh, yeah, I'll I'll pray. I'll pray for us uh, here. And then I'm going to end with a benediction as well. And then I'll I'll send us off. All right. Uh, Let's pray. Yeah, Father, I thank you for this Mother's Day. Um, that just remind us, God, how you have provided uh, for us, how you, Lord, have known us when we were in our mother's womb and that you have a purpose uh, for us in this world. Lord, I, I pray uh, today uh, that you will honor uh, all the mothers at our church, God, that you would give them your peace, uh, that your presence will be close to them on this day, whether they're struggling and feeling like they're just getting by or they're having those uh, great moments, or if today is a really good day, Lord, or maybe our relationships are strained with our moms, uh, Lord, whatever the case it is, whether we're struggling uh, to have kids or we're struggling with our kids, uh, God, I pray that you give us moments of beholding uh, and help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, God, that you are good through it all, no matter what happens. And we honor you, Lord, uh, that you are the giver of good gifts. And we thank you, God, for giving us um, our, our families and, and, and placing us where we're at uh, for the missions fields that you've called us to. I thank you, Lord, uh, for that. And I do pray for all our moms, God, at church, Lord, that you would give them much strength, uh, that you would strengthen their calling and their purpose, that you give them much energy and wisdom and patience with their kids. Lord, we thank you that they're raising the next generation of men and women that's gonna impact impact your kingdom and to grow your kingdom and to do great things uh, in your name. Even though we cannot see it this moment, may you give us eyes of faith to know that this is where you've called us. And may we raise up men and women that fall so in love with you, Jesus, that they know that you are God and that you are Lord and that you are good in all things. So Lord, we thank you, God, for our church. And as I send our church now, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. And may he strengthen your hearts so that you'll be blameless.